Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there and hello. First of all, very important first of all, happy, happy new year. I really do mean that. But more than that, blessed and filled to overflowing, like to the very tippy top with God's love and grace and mercy and guidance and favor to you. Like beyond just a happy new year, a blessed new year is really my heart for you in 2023. What a year it will be if we see God's hand at work like in all sorts of areas of our lives, like all over the place. What an honor it would be for us to just glorify him throughout 2023 intentionally, you know, keeping our eyes on the Lord, seeking and doing his will, praying like we believe our God answers the prayers that we pray, loving others like we believe that God loves us like fiercely. We are the apple of his eye. Can we love others? with the same kind of love that he pours out on us, I think we can. What a year it would be if we lived like that, if we prayed like that. So why not? Why not make it just that type of year? I'm in. How about you? You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 131. A new year resolutions, recommitments, restructuring of all sorts of areas of our lives, renewal and revival, and basically all the words that start with R-E, re, resolutions, recommitments, restructuring, renewal, revival, re, re words. We want the new thing. We just do. It's part of what makes a new year exciting, something we look forward to. We want hope. We want a good, good future. We really do. All mankind really wants that. We want the betterment of our own lives, our own worlds, and the whole world. If we're honest, hope is rekindled in the new year. It's just the way it goes. What does God's word have to say about hope? About that search that we tend to have, like for something new in the new year, something good when a new year begins. We kind of do this at our birthdays too, You know, it's a new year of life for us, so we start looking forward. What's going to come to pass in this year? What might change? What improvements might there be? What exciting surprises does this year hold for us? What hopes and dreams do we have for the upcoming 12 months and so on? So we kind of do this twice a year at the new year and then at whatever, whatever point in time your birth falls in the year. Is this just like foolhardy, wishful thinking? Is it people just being people? Is it optimism rearing its head at this time of year? Or is it something that God maybe puts inside of us this interest in and desire for the new thing? I'm going to read a few verses today. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation because, you know, there are some promises for us from the Bible 
And they can be very, very encouraging right now as we step into 2023. These are promises that we can take with us into the coming new year. So let's see what God's word has to say about hope and about all those re words, those re words, and about new, something new. Do something new, God. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Let's see what God's word says about that. Uh, first, I think I'm going to look at, I've got three verses here. Um, how about Revelation? Let's just go straight to Revelation chapter 21. It's the very tail end of Revelation, the very last portion of the Bible. Chapter 21, verse 5. Here's what it says. And again, I'm reading from the NLT. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. So who's speaking here? The one who sits on the throne. And there is one, there's one King of Kings, there's one Lord of Lords, and that is the Lord Jesus. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The only one worthy to sit on that throne at the right hand of the Father. These are some of the last words in the Bible. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. So this verse from chapter 21, it's it's getting close to the end of the Bible. Jesus is telling us something important here. Because what people say when they're closing something out, you know, they're wrapping up a sermon, you're reading the end of a book, these words are more likely to stick, to be remembered to kind of be carried out with the person when they get up and leave that auditorium. It's, it's much more likely to be remembered than the words that are said in the middle of that hour-long speech. TED Talks are short for a reason, right? That brevity lends to the sticking power of what's being shared. And it also forces speakers to hone in on the key points and cut out the fluff. It reminds me a little bit of the book uh, The Elements of Style by Strunk and White, I think there's a rule in that book somewhere about eliminating excess words and that a lot more words are excess than we would recognize. A TED Talk would definitely fit the bill of like that chopping out of anything excess and some things that are like, oh, I didn't know that was excess until I only had 14 minutes to condense my two-hour spiel into. Like TED Talks work for a reason. Here's the reason. They're direct. They're to the point. They cut to the chase. They get right to it. God wanted us to read these words toward the end of the book of Revelation, and so that's where he placed them. He put them where he wanted them. So we're kind of starting at the very end of the Bible with Revelation 21 as we start the very beginning of the new year of 2023. He who sits on the throne says to us, Behold, I am making all things new. That word all, A-L-L, it really does mean all. That chronic pain that you've dealt with the last couple of years— That is on his list of things that will be made new. Your finances are tight in this economy. He's going to make that all new one day. Now think about this in in perspective of what we're talking about with the book of Revelation here. There is a coming day when everything will be set right. So whatever you're going through right now, a time will come where it will be in your past and it will be set right. That's encouraging. That's hopeful. That's good news. That's the kind of making all things new that we should get excited about. You know, say you're not sure what to do. Um, well, let's say you do know what you do every day. You know what you do on a daily basis. Let me, let me rephrase this. You get up, you go to your job, you take care of your family, you come home, you go to your small group, you serve 
in this ministry area. You take care of your elderly parents, et cetera, et cetera, things like that, right? You do the same thing on the daily, but maybe you're not sure that it really is making that much of a difference. There's no worries. When he makes all things new, you're, you, I think you're going to know the eternal impact, the ac- actual impact of what you did. It may not seem like much, but think of the, it's not a parable. It actually happened. Jesus at the temple watching the people dropping their money in and the widow who gave two mites. And Jesus said she gave more than everyone else because she gave all she had. They gave out of their abundance, right? Like, like it seemed like very little. And Jesus said, oh no, that was more than anybody else. You never know that what feels like a little bit of giving in a certain area of your life what feels like a little to you, it might be more than that. And on that day when when we see the fulfillment of the promise here that Jesus is going to make all things new, man, the things that were little are not probably going to seem so little anymore. There'll be a setting right of things. And we're just going to see clearly. Paul said that now we see like looking through, you know, d- dimly through glass, and then we'll see clearly as face to face. That day is going to come when there's going to be that clarity. But for right now, Maybe don't be too hard on yourself if you feel like I'm not doing enough, I'm not making a difference. Now, if the Lord is leading you to do more, do it. Obey him completely, wholeheartedly, unabashedly. Just go all in with him immediately, if not sooner. You know what I mean? However, if it's just a matter of, I don't think that's enough. I don't know that I have enough to offer. Well, think about what Jesus said to the widow or about the widow. Like if it was enough. Because he said it was enough. It was more than enough. And he saw, he sees, he sees, and he will keep this promise to make all things new. Our job is to look and to behold, to see what he is going to do. He also said that these words are faithful and true. They're accurate. The Amplified says that they're incorruptible and trustworthy. That's important for us to know. You know, we're moving forward into 2023. It is January 5th, as I record this, we're moving forward. God's words and his promises that he makes in the Bible, they're accurate, they're true, they're faithful, they're not able to be corrupted, they are trustworthy. That is tremendous. His promise here is that he's making all things new, and he backs it up by saying, this is faithful, this is true, this is accurate, this is trustworthy. He is saying to us, I'm making all things new, trust me, trust me. What he's telling you in the Bible, it is true and it is trustworthy. So trust him. Just go all in and trust him. If this is the first year of you really trusting him completely in some new area of your life, where maybe by new, I mean new to giving over to him completely, to fully trusting him, man, be all about it. Be all about it. Because it's always going to pay off in spades. The dividends are going to be so huge when you just fully trust the Lord. He's trustworthy. Trust him. He's making all things new. And hey, you know, if you need some extra encouragement, sometimes after Christmas, people need an extra like bit of encouragement. It can be that time time of year when it's still winter, um, you know, where I live. Winter feels like it's up and down and the temperature gets kind of warm and it starts to feel like spring and then it'll get cold again. And until it moves into March, it can be like, oh, kind of the doldrums of winter, I guess, if I had to describe it. Sometimes after Christmas, you need some extra encouragement. I can say you can find so much hope and encouragement by reading the book of Revelation. It does not have to be viewed as a scary book that we avoid reading because some parts of it are hard, which is true. Some are confusing to understand, which is true. Some of it seems stressful 
I guess that, yeah, that's true. Some of it seems like it's going to happen in a whole nother lifetime. It can feel that way. There's a lot in the book. However, it's a book that holds a promise to the reader. There's a promise to you when you read Revelation. I'm not going to tell you what that promise is exactly. I'm going to let you read the book of Revelation to find out what the promise is. Read it, find out what it says, and believe that promise will be true for you as you read the book of Revelation. But there's so much hope about the future, our future as disciples of the Lord Jesus, about what comes for us next in eternity, about his return, his coming again, and setting all things right, about the joy that we are going to have in his presence. It's actually a very encouraging book, and reading it, it could be a great way for you to kind of garner hope as you begin this year. Jesus has promised that he is making all things new. He's not going to break that promise. He is working on all the things. Isn't that really great to know? Behold this promise. Take a look at it, and then just choose to believe. Just simply choose to believe it. There are blessings that come when we choose to believe God's promises. Now, the next verse I'm going to look at is, I'm going to go to the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 11, verse 19. Here's what it says. And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. Isn't that just an awesome verse? It's so good. Look at the promises here. Because there are several in this one verse. God is saying that he will do the impossible. That's really what I see here. Like, if you've ever known someone who has like a heart of stone, then you get what I'm saying about it being impossible. It's the most miraculous thing to see someone go from a stony heart. Like, I mean, they are stubborn in a way that, man, it just defies all ability to reconcile or reason with. They're just stubborn for stubbornness sake. To go from that to a tender responsive, soft heart. It's a miracle of miracles. And this is what God does. He specializes in it. He does this every single day. And it will never stop being one of my absolute favorite things in the whole wide world. It's just so cool when God does this and he does it all the time. So just as a reminder, you know, when we see a verse of promise in our Bible that uses the word will, W-I-L-L, it really does mean will. Will means will and all means all. God does not play. God does not mince words or misspeak. He says stuff because he truly means the stuff that he says in his word. He will give us singleness of heart. He will put a new spirit within us. He will take away our stubborn, stony hearts and give us tender, responsive ones in place of that old, stony hunk of junk. This is a verse that you can remember when you're praying for people. I'm going to encourage you to pray this when you pray for people. We all know people who are hurting, and we all know people who have hard hearts, people who need the Lord in their lives. Now, I mean, maybe you don't know anybody like that. Maybe you don't, but golly, most of us probably do, Like, because this world, it's just hard to live in. Stuff happens. It's not hard to get a hard heart, if we're honest. This is just true for all of us. This world has ups and downs, and sometimes those downs, they're just a lot. They're heavy. They're burdensome. So if you don't know anybody that fits that category to pray for, 
man, I don't know what world you're living in. I would probably need to connect with you and figure out like how you got this figured out where everything and everybody is blessed all the time because wowza. But if you do know anybody who could use some prayer, pray like this, pray like this. Just pray that they would have a softening of their hearts. Pray and ask God to do as he promised here in Ezekiel, that whatever aspect of their life that you know about where they could use just some extra blessing, ask him to give his people That's like his people who know him and love him and serve him, a singleness of heart. Think about that. What a great prayer to pray over your local church for the entire coming year of 2023. Just think, what might come to pass if you prayed that over your local church every single week of this entire year? What kind of impact might that have by the the end of the year, by year's end? And then for those people that you know who need the Lord. They need a touch from Jesus. They need to know the living God. Pray that God would keep his word as it's found here in Ezekiel and soften their hearts and draw them to himself, put a new spirit within them. What a beautiful way to invest in others and to kind of, you know, pony up, I guess, put our money where our mouth is. Like if we believe God's promises, but we will not pray those promises, We don't believe them enough to pray them. Ooh, that's challenging. I want to encourage us to believe them and pray them and pray them for others as well. Let's be praying believers because believers should believe, right? And why should believers not be praying believers? Oh man, we should be. Can we make this year the year that we as individuals become praying believers, that we get diligent and adamant about this? We believe God's promises, and then we pray big, bold, daring prayers based on those promises. Let's just do it. Let's do this thing. Okay, now from the New Testament book of 1 Peter, I'm going to look at chapter 1. The very last part of verse 3 says this in the New Living Translation. Now we live with great expectation. When we know what the Word of God says, and then we live and pray with that knowing kind of under under not undermining, underpinning, underpinning what we think, how we act, the decisions we make, and most certainly how we pray. That's like living with great expectation, not tiny, minuscule, itsy-bitsy, spider-sized expectation. Great expectation. Yeah, I think maybe God's word said it first and Dickens took a cue from the Bible, right? Like great expectation. Dickens' title is in the plural. Ours is singular here from First Peter. We set all our hope on Jesus. All our expectation and hope is in him and from him. It's all on him. We don't have like a little bit of hope over here in this other plan B religion in case something doesn't work out with our plan A religion. No, no. Uh, We don't have some of our hope over there in that self-help plan. I'm going to turn to that uh, self-help book if my plan A falls apart. No, no, we don't live like that. We don't have like, oh, I got a little bit of my hope over here in my John Wayne mentality. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and then I'm going to get by with a little help from my friends over this way. No, no. Look, our expectation is from the Lord and is in the Lord. Beginning to end, it hinges on him. And remember that first verse I shared from Revelation? Trustworthy and faithful. That's the reality. And that could be your reality. That doesn't mean you're never going to go through bad days or hard times. It means on those bad days and in those hard times, he is still trustworthy and faithful. And he is our hope and expectation. That's like sustaining 
in those hard times. It doesn't mean Jesus isn't real. It means he's more real than ever before because he's with you. When you experience his presence and his peace with you on the hardest, hardest of days, there's nothing else like it. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Hope resting firmly on Jesus. That's rock solid. That's what we need. That's what we need. And that's what we need to share with other people. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying it's not like a mantra. It's not like casting a spell. Poof, all of a sudden everything. It's like magic. It's not any of those things. I'm just saying that Jesus on the side that's not the answer. A little bit of Jesus, that's not the answer. I never open my Bible and I go to church four times a year. That's, I, I want you to have more Jesus than that, so much more than that. Like he is the air in your lungs. Like you, he's your oxygen. You need him more than you need oxygen. That's what I'm talking about here. He is the one who says to take up your cross daily and follow him. He is the one who says, the servant is not greater than the master. He's the master. He didn't have what I would describe as an easy life. Look what he went through. Look what he endured for you and for me. We're the servant. We're not greater than him. We shouldn't expect that we'll never have hard times. That's not reality when you walk with Jesus. He is the one who rose on the third day. He's the one who sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. When we, when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. He didn't leave us alone. This is amazing stuff, my friends. That does not sound to me like a little bit of Jesus on the side, Clyde. That sounds like, yep, this is what I'm all about. I'm I'm trading out my old life and and my sin life and my sin nature, and I'm trading out the punishment for sin that Jesus took for me. I'm cashing it in. I'm I'm just I'm trading up and I'm all in with Jesus. Yeah, that sounds like the great I am as the Lord of all. I don't want you to live missing not one iota of what the Lord has for you. If you have not gone all in, go all in. Do it now. Do it today. Today is the day. There's no better day than today. There's no better moment than right now. Now is your time to go all in with the Lord. There's hope for you this year because the Bible says so. And there can be hope for those around you who are hurting because you can pray for God's promises to become their reality. You can encourage your, your pastor, your pastoral staff. You can be a blessing to your coworkers. You can make a difference in the furthermost corner of the world. You can change the environment of your home. You can be the biggest blessing to your spouse, to your in-laws, to your adult children, to your, um, man, I mean, your great, great, great uncles, nephews, brothers, cousin who lives in Zimbabwe. You can do that because you know how to pray according to the word of God. Isn't that exciting? Stuff like this gets me so excited because it makes a difference beyond what I ever could have dreamed the impact of my life could be. Prayer opens the world to you in the sense of like, you can have an impact. You can better people's lives because you pray for them and you're not just praying random willy nilly. You're praying based on what the Bible says. This is, this is amazing. And it's here for you. It's yours for the taking. You can have as much of it as you want. Grab it, go for the gusto, go all in with the Lord this year, become a believing prayer, a praying believer. The only thing that can stop you from praying is, okay, you're probably going to know exactly what I'm going to say. You, Y-O-U, you actually not doing the work of praying. And it can be work, 
You can expect Satan to push against that. He doesn't want you praying. He wants you distracted. He wants you, he might even let you have a daily Bible time. He'll, he'll, he might even try to tell you, well, why don't you just, you know, oh, you should probably just, yeah, listen to the Bible on tape when you get in the car. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that. And then, uh, then, then you can, then you can pray. You might get distracted when you go through the drive through you turn, you put it on pause and you turn off the Bible app or whatever you use, and then you order your coffee at the drive through and you get distracted thinking about things. There's that meeting at work coming up, and boom, before you know it, not only did you not read the Bible or listen to your audio Bible content, you didn't do, spend any time praying. Satan will do, he might even let you have the one and not the other. You know what I mean? Like, he, he'll, he, he's an opportunist, and he's never going to stop being an opportunist, so um, be shrewd about his his ways and realize he's going to try to keep you from praying, discourage you from praying. It might make you tired when you pray. These are real things that happen. I'm not making this up. This is like commonly known among Christians when they first move forward into like really focused, intentional prayer. They can get really, really sleepy. Uh, you can pray when you feel that way and uh, say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. This is my time in prayer and you have no business here. In Jesus name, depart from me. Okay, and then go back to praying and see what happens. Like, really, you can expect some resistance, but really the only only thing that can actually fully stop you from praying is you, just not spending the time in prayer. I want to encourage you to start now, start today. Start with this. Pray this first if you don't know how to get started on this prayer journey. Just pray, Lord, who can I pray for right now? And if somebody comes to mind, pray for them. Pray for them. Ask God to remind you of verses with like promises and hope that you can pray for people and he surely will do it. Ask God to hear your prayers and to answer them and expect him to answer them and to and for him to be glorified right in the midst of all of the junk going on in this hurting old world uh, to expand his kingdom and to do a work that leaves like a mark that makes a difference. Ask God to bless you so that by the end of your life, the world would be a better place because you prayed. And as you prayed, you prayed believing God's promises. Wouldn't that be a remarkable legacy to have at the end of your life? I mean, I'm telling you what, I'm all about that. I want that. I want that something fierce. It's like the Napoleon Dynamite, the I want that quote. I want that. May 2023 be your year to leave that kind of legacy, that kind of impact and may you be blessed in all your ways, in all that you do, as you seek his kingdom first and foremost. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really am so thankful for you, and I am praying for you. And if you want to know what I'm praying for you, you can check out the link to the 2023 Prayer Planner. Spoiler alert. I don't pray tiny, small, baby-sized prayers for you. I pray big, and I really do trust God to do amazing things in you, through you, and for you as I pray based on what his word has to say. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.
I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.